recorded live from a cheese store off of Interstate 9094. Mmm, that smells Gouda. It's the Photo Happy Hour Podcast. Hey, and welcome, everybody. Come on in, grab a seat at the bar. I'm your Photo Happy Hour bartender, Michael Mowbray. And today I'm serving up pina coladas. If you like pina coladas, no, don't, don't, don't even start. Uh, joining me behind the bar. Say it. <laughs> no. Say it. No. If you like okay, pina getting, coladas. You're dancing in the rain. <laughs> getting caught in the rain. Getting Come on, caught in the rain. Caught in the rain. Get the That's lyrics right. right. So joining me behind the bar are uh, Dan Freevault and Carl Kaler. Say hey, guys. Hey, guys. What's up? So today, we're going to get right to it, because rather than, you know, 15 minutes of us just talking about stupid Nothing. stuff, we're going to spend 50 minutes talking about stupid stuff. No, we, <laughs> we actually have a guest today. Normally, we have a topic. Today, we have a guest, which Ooh. is better than a topic. You know why? I have no idea why. So, <laughs> our, <laughs> so we don't have to make stuff up. We always That's make exactly stuff up because I can just kind of uh, now that now that we're doing those video people doing on video people can just see me kind of leaning back and not doing anything. Um, no, our guest today is Lisa Asp. She is a master photographer, a photographic craftsman, and a CPP. If you don't know what a CPP is, that is a certified professional photographer. She owns Tangerine House of Design. That's in Minnesota. 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 Ooh, we're the Viking um, players. Are. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yes. Mm. I see how this you all, is. You all should be able to do that northern accent really well, right? Oh, I, Minnesota, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you betcha. Yeah, there. You um, betcha there, eh? And she founded Animal Image Makers in 2018, <laughs> and that brings us to today's topic, which is newborn photography. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so if, and... if, if your newborns have four legs. <laughs> oh, Okay. Well, if you live near a nuclear plant, it's possible. <laughs> True story. No, no yeah. we're going to talk about True something story. just a little bit furrier. Um, animals. Or Yay. feathery. So, so Lisa, <laughs> you are a... What, what is the, what is the uh, proper term? Petographer? Some um, people use petographer. I, I like to see, say that I photograph your four-legged and your two-legged family members. So, that's where I go with it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So how long yeah. have you been a photographer? <laughs> I Let's see. I got my first dog in 2001 and brought him into the studio and played a little bit. And then I had a dog sat for some friends and brought their, their dogs into the studio and played a little bit. And I opened my business in 2003. And one of the first things I did was a fundraiser for the Greyhound Rescue that I got my dog through. So kind of since 2003, which, um, oh, yeah, wow. a, a long time. Long so time. pretty er pretty early. So, yeah. um, do you do still do a lot of photography for things that don't have four legs or, or not fur or a feathers? lot? Not a lot. Every once in a while, I get a human subject in front of the camera, but typically, <laughs> you know, if if I have a family come in, they want the majority of the session with their dog, and then they'll jump into a few, which is the opposite of most family photographers, where they're concentrating on the family, and then the dog jumps into a couple of the shots. So yeah, yeah, it's almost all pets, and it's very fun. Mostly dogs, as a matter of fact. So yeah. So, so when you get like, so when you get a human subject in, do you like say like sit? 
Turn around. Well, you, you know, over. it's really funny. I, I because, do that anyway. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and right. I, I'm so out of practice. I feel like I'm so out of practice with humans that I have to be really careful, especially with kids that I'm not like whistling at them and like making goofy sounds. I used to be so great with kids and yeah, totally out of practice. So it's hard. It's really hard when humans come in. We people just, don't like the squeaky toys as much as they don't. Right. Do. <laughs> we were just talking Some about this. Some people find it funny for like a minute and then it, they're over it. Yeah. yeah. We were just talking about when I remember when my boy was um, young in church and um, our daughter was born. And so she was infant, infant, and she was having a meltdown during church. So my wife grabbed her, we took her into the crowd room in the back and there's, you know, glass so you could see through and watch the service from back there. And my boy started getting out of hand too. Oh. And but he saw my wife. My wife was like made eye contact with him, and she's like, <laughs> and wife just kind of sat there. And afterwards, one of the elders saw it happen, and so we're leaving the church. And he's like, "My gosh, you you are, I'm not sure what to think about you. You you kind of you're doing this to your kid." And she said, "Oh no, that that means that's our signal for the dog to sit." <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and that was, you know, Kodak. That was Kodak. You knew everything by hand signals. Yeah. Uh, sit and stay was right here. Yeah. And to clarify, uh, so the Kodak was the dog, not Kodak his son's was my name. dog. Yep. Yeah. Kodak was the dog. <laughs> Killers. Kodak but his daughter's Kodak. name is Fuji. So yeah. yeah. No, never. <laughs> never. <laughs> Wouldn't do that. No. Serious. We get so into our pets, though. You know. Yeah. I mean, 100%. that's their part of our life. Yes, there's such a huge part of our life. And like for people who haven't had pets, they don't always understand that. But once you've had a pet, you understand how important they are in our lives. And they truly are a part of the family. So yeah, it's really exciting to see so many people getting into pet photography. Just that that niche area of the industry has grown so much, especially over the last five years. There's so many more pet photographers now than there ever have been before. But there are so many pets out there to be photographed that there's enough work for everybody. So it's all good. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, it's nice to see a growing part of the industry, you know, yeah. where people are, you know, the more people are getting into it, but there's enough work for them and people are spending money and yes, people will spend more money on their pets than they will on their kids in a lot of cases. So it's. Yeah. Yes. If you look at just pet industry expenditures over the last, especially 20 years, they've grown exponentially. And that's everything, not just photography, but uh, vet care and raw food diets and dog walking. And there's so many things that, you know, constitute the pet industry and everything is growing because pets, I think, have have like the mindset, I think, of people has changed where it's just just the dog and, you know, they might live outside or whatever. And now they're in our houses and they're in our beds and they're on the couch with us. And like they are truly our family members. So yeah, it's, it's really changed. It's great. Well, I don't know when I, and, when I die. Yeah. Tw- <laughs> oh, go ahead, Dan. <laughs> well, I was going to say, and with, with 2020, with everyone working from home and then their pets yeah. are there, there, there's now that people are going back to work. I think there's a lot of pet anxiety. Like, Hey, what? Oh, what's yeah. going on? Or maybe they're what, happy. What, what did you I know, do? It's like, good. <laughs> Quit walking me. I'm, I want to just well, sleep I, the that's rest the cat. of the day. The, the cats that's are the happy cat. to get people out of the house. Yes, the cats. Yes. No, there is, I think True. there's definitely going to be some separation anxiety going on with a lot of dogs. Um, like rescues have, they had, don't have dogs because so many people adopted dogs this past year because they're at home and they're thinking, oh, it's a perfect time to get a dog and we can be there and we can trade it and we can spend time with it. And then everybody goes away and the dog is all alone and has never experienced that before. So yeah, it's going to be an issue. And I think people really need to think about that and work on that as they're transitioning back to work. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, you can't just go cold turkey. He's like, I'm here no. every day. Oh, hey, I'm going to be gone 40 some hours this week. What? Yeah. Yeah. How's it's that going to work out? It's tough. There's a pet shortage. Oh, yeah. uh, everything there would be a shortage. I didn't think pets would be part of the 2020, 2021. Oh, yeah. Plywood, toilet paper. Yeah. What else is? There's, there's nothing. Chlorine. Yeah. People right. who want to, I just saw that too. Yeah, lumber. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pe- people who want to work, you know, the shortages. Yeah. Shortages. Now, if I die, that's I want to come back. Oh, mojitos. That's grow my own mint. There you that's go. <laughs> nice. So yeah, if there's a shortage of mint, I, I'm gonna. I have to grow just it. grow my own. Grow your own. <laughs> now if they run out of rum, I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Carl, I know a guy. I know a guy. Hand sanitizer. <laughs> so we did kind of skip by one of the oh. most important things we typically talk about each week because this is the photo happy hour. What are we all drinking? You got the mojito. I've I got, got the uh, Svedka, Svedka. Vodka, lemon flavored vodka with um, with lemonade. Oh, oh That's nice. some very, 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 very strong rum with some <laughs> yes. Coke. Rum and Coke. <laughs> yeah, we're hoping Carl makes it through this episode because he's been drinking like. Oh boy. Uh, um, uh, we aren't going to say where he got the rum <laughs> because I owed some people um, some money and yeah. they gave me some rum oh. in return. And, Amen. And we don't know where they got. They, you I owed people money. They, 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 they owed you? me. They owed me money. Okay. I get, I don't remember how it works, but anyhow, I have some rum. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, my beer yeah. is in the fridge waiting for me afterwards, so I've got oh. takeout coming, and I've got a nice cold Corona in the in the fridge waiting for me. So we'll count nice. it. We'll count it. Nice. So, so talking about pets, what is the weirdest pet or animal that you photographed? Molite may be best known as America's top-rated Godox retailer, but did you know that most of our light modifiers are made exclusively for Molite? Well, at last count, we have 20 different custom Molite brand light modifiers in stock. Our popular Snap line of softboxes are designed to set up and take down quickly while providing beautiful color-consistent light when in use. Our unique exo-focusing parabolics give pro photographers the critical control they need for commercial and fashion shoots. Our 22-inch silver beauty dish includes a grid, a sock, and a padded shoulder bag. And we deliver all of that at a price that's really hard to beat. Plus, everything must pass my own personal testing, and I test everything. And I have to admit, I'm pretty picky about my lighting tools. So if it passes my test, then it could become a Molite branded product. High quality, color consistent modifiers that meet my exacting specifications. Choose a Molite brand softbox or other light modifier as your next lighting tool. It might become your favorite tool. That's a really good question. Um, oh, 
I know exactly what the answer is too. I had a potbelly pig come into my studio. Oh yeah, nice. this is an ad- yeah adult size pig. Ooh, um, adult. I think it was about 120 pounds. Okay. The uh, and I you know hopefully my client isn't going to be watching. I, you know I don't have any of these photos on my website or anything else because I never want to photograph another well, one again. Well, yeah, um, maybe you want to so attract the potbelly pig crowd. You know. Yeah, <laughs> like other people can do that. That's fine. Um, and you know it's funny because when you talk to to pet photographers, they're like, oh my god, I love them. They're so great. So the situation with this one in particular, and this is the first one that I have photographed. Um, the woman brought it in the front seat of her car, so she just lays the seat backwards, and the the the, the pig sits up in front with her. She drove about an hour and she brought the pig along for a consultation. So the pig came in and this was when I still had a home studio and it was fine. You know, it kind of sniffed around and we talked a little bit and then it went out in the backyard. I've got a fully fenced in yard. So it went out there and it was just eating grass the whole time. And I'm like, okay, after we talked and I told her, I'm like, I haven't done this before. So you're going to need to educate me a little bit. And if you're fine with that, let's give it a go. So after the pig was outside and ate a while, it came back into the studio and, you know, just kind of hung out. It laid on the floor. I took my time getting close to it. I was petting it. It was all good. So I felt really good for the session. She came back probably a week or maybe two weeks later for the session. And of course, you know, anytime anybody comes in for a session, they're a little bit nervous and they want to make sure their hair is perfect. And just the anxiety levels up a little bit. And I think the pig could feel that. But the first thing that happened was I went out to meet them outside to help her get everything in. And I just had flip flops on and she's like, Oh, you might want to put some real shoes on because the pig likes to chew on toes. I'm like, (laughs) It's a good safety tip. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So they came in and, um, you know, pet, pet, Owners need to know in advance to not to give their dogs or their pets treats when they first come into the studio. The, the pet needs or to earn pigs. the treat. Yeah, the, yeah, the pet, whatever it is, they need to earn the treats in order to get them. And so I she's did the same given, thing with brides. Well, okay, good point <laughs> taken. Yes, that's, good, that's very good. <laughs> but she's like giving her her pig all these treats, and pigs like the sugar high. It it hit this pig so fast, and. He was awful. And to the point that I'm usually on the floor when I'm photographing dogs and or on a little stool, I couldn't sit on the floor because I couldn't get up fast enough. He would charge us. What? It was scary. It, I've never been afraid in a pet session before in my life. And this pig, 120 pounds, would charge us. And so I refer to him now as 120 pounds of asshole because that's exactly <laughs> how he was. He was awful. So we finally put him outside and, you know, I had a, I kind of had a couple shooting areas outside and we ended up getting the best photos outside. We got some great ones inside too. She ended up with an album and she loved the images. We got shots of her with a pig, but oh my God, never again. That's my one and only experience. So, yeah, I don't like as beautiful as they turned out. I do not show anybody those photos because I don't want any other pigs in my studio. So show what you want to do. That's, that's right. Very <laughs> important aspect there. Yes. yes. No, it doesn't matter what type of photography you do. Don't show it if you don't want to do it. Exactly. Yeah. I, I created a because uh, I'm, I'm not a pet, uh, not a petographer or a pet photographer. I created actually a no pet in the studio policy years ago because we had somebody bring in a fairly young lab. Yeah. It was less than a year old and it was, you know, some, some of those, some of that breed can be a little psycho. He went off, he went off oh, in the oh, studio oh. and was tearing around the studio, knocking stuff over, breaking yeah. things. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And the owner ended up having to try to tackle him and, and, and it was almost <laughs> like frothing at the mouth, trying to take him out of oh the studio God. door. That's really yeah. unusual. I will say that's, yeah. really, I don't think I've ever had one quite like that. I mean, yeah, puppies that like, always yeah, have energy, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Well, then we tried to, we still tried to do the session because they really wanted to do it. So we're doing it outside 
and my back my my backyard has kind of a studio area yeah. and this dog pr- proceeded to like poop like every foot <laughs> it just kept oh my gosh i'm like wow you just hate me don't you <laughs> <laughs> that's really too bad <laughs> yeah so you i was excited for this topic <laughs> yeah that's so funny <laughs> yeah you know i always i always tell people when i'm teaching that if they do newborn photography, you go into one of those sessions knowing that, you know, you're probably going to have the baby naked and it's probably going to poop and pee because that's what newborns sure. do. You have to have that same mindset with dogs. Like you just have to expect that they're going to poop and pee. And if they don't, it's a bonus. And most of the time they don't actually, which is a good sure. thing, but you know, sometimes it happens and you just can't have anything nice around that you would be really upset if it got peed on, you know, dog raises its leg on your, on your beautiful sofa or something like that. Like you just have to get those things out of the way because it's going to happen. So you just have to blow it off and not, not, you know, not think too much about it. So there are things that you can do about that sprays and whatnot to clean up. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so we know Glamorous. that yeah. pigs are, are, are not your favorite, but what is your favorite animal to photograph? Ooh, gosh. Well, you know, I, I'm a former greyhound owner, as you can see from the photos behind me and the little statue behind me. Uh, they're such beautiful dogs. They have such gorgeous lines. Uh, you, you almost can't take a bad photo of a greyhound. Um, and they don't sit very often, though, so that would be the bad photo of a greyhound because they look so awkward sitting. It's just they usually – and I joke <laughs> they, with those owners all the time. They be running, yeah. Well, they stand up and they lay down, and that's kind of all they do. And, you know, people always think, oh, my God, they they must be so active. They need so much energy. But they're huge couch potatoes. They're like sprinters mm-hmm. where they just – have little spurts of energy but man their lines are so gorgeous that sounds and I like me love working with oh, them. Yeah. 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 Exactly. all the way to the refrigerator yes absolutely yes. oh that was Whew. a tough one time oh, in the couch. Yeah. Yeah. Was tough. And, and my other favorite breed is is pit bulls and you know they just have a bad name too but they're mm-hmm. the best dogs ever and they are they're they're completely the opposite of a greyhound where greyhounds you know they're usually subdued and they're quiet they're great family dogs and pit bulls are amazing family dogs as well but they, a lot of times they've got energy and they're jumping around and they're doing goofy things and they'll do anything that you want them to. And so I've had so much fun photographing pitties. Yeah. I love those guys. So they have a lot yeah. of personality. They it's, do. All, it's about all about the owner too. Well, 100%. With, lot, with, with all these breeds. Yeah. 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 yeah regardless of the breed. Yeah. Every single dog can be different from one to the next within the same breed. Yeah. We've had some that have been absolutely well-behaved because of the owner. And we've had some that I'm like, why are they even bringing this dog in yeah. Because of the owner, you know, it's, it's, I know the breed can be well behaved and when they're not, I'm like, okay, it's not the dog's fault. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. And well, that's same where, thing with kids and parents. Yeah. It's exactly <laughs> the same with kids. Yeah. So, and, my, and it all comes down to education. And mm-hmm. that's why, you know, I think with portraits, especially it's so important to do consultations because like, even if you've got two weeks between your, or even a week between your consultation and the session, you can get the owner to start working on things like sit and down and, you know, working for a treat or working for some sort of reward, but that trains the owner, not only the dog. So, and that's hugely important. So yeah, yeah. And I've had clients who have little dogs and like, they're always constantly holding the little dogs and that's so hard to photograph them because all they want to do is just be in their owner's arms. And yeah, like, how do you get them to sit on the floor or sit in a chair? They just jump up in the owner's arms and or they're just at their legs constantly because they just want to get up. And so, yeah, getting the word out there to the owners that this is what we need to do during the session is so important. Yeah. So when it comes to like photographing cats, how do you get them to sit there? I mean, how much I mean, I guess the bigger question is how much duct tape do you use? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or spirit well, gum. Yeah. Cats, 
um, cats are tough. I, I, I'm going to admit cats are really tough. If they're young and playful, it's much easier because they'll chase little toys or they're, you know, they'll respond. Um, older cats, a lot of times are just scared and they just want to run and hide in the darkest corner and don't want to be there. They just get pissed if they're there because they just want to stay home. So a lot of times with, with older cats, um, adult cats, I will go to their home in their sure. own environment. Makes and sense. if you set up in their own environment, then they're really curious and they'll come out and they'll check everything out and they'll see what's going on. Um, but yeah, if they don't like to leave their house, then it's kind of a lost cause and it's pointless. Um, I have had cats come in where if you give them somewhere to hide, like that'll help. And this all started years and years ago before I even like knew what I was doing. I had a woman who had all these cats and so she would bring them in at different times. And, um, there was, she brought in three at a time and one of them was black (laughs) and all of a sudden the black cat just went missing, just completely gone. (laughs) Couldn't find it anywhere. Well, we looked and looked and looked and we finally found it like on the bottom shelf in the very back inside of a pot that was down there. Like it went and hid there. And I just saw a reflection of its eyes coming out of the pot. So we're like, okay, let's just bring the pot out. And the cat went right back in there and then it would just poke its head out every once in a while. It was super cute because then we just had its head. And so, yeah, yeah. If you know you're going to photograph cats, if you have little things for them to hide in a suitcase or, you know, a cool box or something like that, that helps. But yeah, young, young kittens, playful cats, um, social cats, they're usually okay. But otherwise I had somebody bring a cat in, in a pillowcase one time. Oh my God. That cat was so pissed. Oh, it was awful. I'm like this poor cat to begin with. And it did not want to be there. They, I mean, it was just really quick shots for Christmas cards. Like every year I do really quick shots for Christmas cards with one set. And that's like the whole point is we get one good shot. So they had two dogs and a cat and I'm like, Oh my God, this poor cat did not want to be there and to come in a pillowcase. Cause I couldn't get it in its crate. <laughs> Did, did did the man have a white beard and a red suit? <laughs> no, no, I oh. wish, I wish, because he could have pulled out some of that magic to help with that session. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just visualizing me getting in trouble for trying to stuff this cat in a pot. Lisa oh, said, no. if the cat was, yeah, was no, in the no, pot, no. I'm like. That's all in the cat's terms, 100% on the cat's terms. Oh, Let them, like, introduce okay, the right. pot and the cat will probably go in there. All right. <laughs> Yeah. On that note, I mean, (laughs) here's some do not do's. Don't bring your cat in a pillowcase. But what are some what are some tips for people who are looking to get into pet photography? What what some what are some of the things they really need to know? Well, gloves. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> well, you know, most of what I do is dog related. I actually don't photograph a lot of cats or, or a lot of other animals. I would say 90% of what I photograph is dogs. So that's really my area of expertise. Um, a huge thing is patience and calmness. And you need to be, especially with the owners, like you have to be calm because they're always going to come in thinking they've got the worst dog in the world. Um, if they, well, they're probably right. Well, they're almost never, almost never right. Oh, really? Yeah. I I mean, there are some dogs out there that are very challenging, but most of the time, like there's always some chaos that goes into these sessions. And especially when a dog is off leash, I think with people who are just starting out, like keeping a dog on leash is totally okay until you learn body language. And that's hugely important until you learn um, how they're going to react to different noises, that kind of stuff. Um, But most of my dogs are off leash and I've been doing this so long now that I, you know, I really can interpret what a dog is thinking and how they're feeling just based on their body language. I know if I make a squeaky noise, like I can direct the owner to do something for me. And then if I just make a little noise or something, I know the dog is going to turn and look at me. So, you know, just practice, 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 practice. But, um, you know, owners just see, they still see still photographs and just like any human photography, they're going to think that, um, 
all dogs that come into my studio are amazing. Like we hear it all the time. Oh, you only photograph beautiful people. Well, that's not true. But when you know what you're doing to photograph them, you make these, everybody look beautiful. And the dogs always look amazing on my website and on my Facebook and, you know, whatever else, when I show them their, their gorgeous photos. So if, if, you know, somebody brings their dog in and their dog is being a little crazy or running around or not, you know, completely paying attention, they think, oh my God, I have the worst dog. And I tell them that's not the case. I joke all the time that it's a good thing we do still photography and not video video because then you would see all the chaos and just showing them like a one photo on the back of the camera and they see that split second where the dog is sitting and looking at me and they're like oh my god because clients never see what we see and so that just they can just relax when they know that we're doing okay so they feel that and then when they get anxious about it all and and stressed about it all then their dog feels that as well so ah just a calm atmosphere yeah yeah yeah, just (laughs) and that's sometimes hard to do so yeah When it comes to lighting, what kind of lighting would you recommend people use? Or what kind of lighting do you use? Yeah. Constant, flash, whatever, mix? I have kind of a mix of everything. The majority of my work is done with studio flash photography. Um, Much like I would do a human, I've got, I use three to four lights. um, Depending upon the background, usually I either have the background light on or off. But I've got my main, I've got my fill, I've got my kicker light, and then a background light if I I choose to use it. Um, And then there are some dogs, though, who are afraid of flash. And so that's another thing. If the dog can come with for the consultation, that's something you can test in advance. So the day of the session, if you know they're afraid, you're not going to set them off on that you know, down that road where they're afraid. And so I have a whole wall of windows. So window light is kind of my backup as well. Um, those are my two main things. And usually with window light, I've got a reflector so I can just kick a little light back in. Um, but I do have some constant lights as well that I'll pull out if I need to, but those are kind of packed away. So that's like my, I just don't have a huge space to have everything out all at the same time, but yeah, typically it's flash photography. So yep. Strobes. Yeah. Well, and if you're if you're doing so I have a question. Sh- oh, go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was just, just going to ask you how much. We keep space... talking at the same time, Carl. I know. Go ahead, Carl. Like I'll go after 20. you. I was just wondering how much, <laughs> if you're doing in studio stuff, how much space does somebody need for dog photography? I mean, can you do it in less than what we normally use for a like a people? studio? Well, you know, I think, I think it really depends upon your style of photography. Um, I know people who do like very simple setups. I know people who do just black and white backgrounds and that's all they have. So they don't need to store a lot of stuff. Um, there are people who have a tons of props. I have a lot of furniture. I like chairs and I like ottomans and I like stuff that I can get the dogs up off the floor. So I need more storage space. Um, I have my office at, at my house. And so I'm at my studio when I'm working with clients. And so I think I've got about 750 square feet. Um, so I've got my shooting space. I've got a sales room and then some storage, which is kind of my secondary room off my shooting space. Um, when I had my studio out east, I had 1,400 square feet, but I photographed families and kids and seniors and newborns, and like I kind of did everything there. Um, I, I know people who only work on location and don't have any studio space. So I think it just really comes down to, A, what you can afford, and of course, you never want to see somebody like rent a huge studio space that can't afford it or maybe is new in business and, and they don't understand their numbers and, and how they're going to pay for that. Um, but I've seen people working out of their garage or like I had a home studio when I moved to Minnesota because I did want to commit to something starting a brand new business where I would have to like um, sign a long-term lease so it's going to vary I think depending upon style and everybody's personal situation with their own business but knowing the numbers is going to be huge 
Sounds yeah. familiar. Dan. <laughs> and you probably don't need to tall ceilings. Um, well, so yeah, you could probably get away with shorter ceilings. Shorter Unless you're doing ceilings. families with the dogs, then you might want a little with more space. That, uh, good point. Yeah. Well, and th- yeah, so my question is, is one tip that I give, and I want to verify it's a good tip, I guess, because <laughs> yep. I don't photograph a lot of animals, but with families, when they bring their dogs in, I say, you know, walk them you know, a few hours yeah. before the session or something. Is that good? Like to kind of yes. get some of the energy out of them? Yes. Yes. So uh, dogs coming in a little bit tired and a little bit hungry are great things. And so you don't want to walk them right before the session because you don't want them to come in panting. So going to the dog park or something on your way to the session, not so good because they're going to be just exhausted, panting, tired. Um, probably dirty as well. (laughs) But if they come in a little bit tired, then they're not going to be so crazy. Like they'll have all of that energy out, hopefully, or a lot of it, and they're going to be more calm. Um, And if they come in a little bit hungry, then they're going to work for food usually. So I don't recommend (laughs) using treats unless you absolutely have to, because sometimes, you know, you can lose a dog completely when the treats come out. Um, It's going to be all about the treats. And yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you need to use treats, then, you know, if they're a little bit hungry, then that definitely motivates them even more and they're looking at the person who gave them the treat you know yeah and And you can totally use that over your head yeah i was gonna say you can use that to your advantage if you want them looking at the camera even just shaking a treat bag right next to the camera right behind the photographer or if you want the owner or your assistant to you know walk over toward the main light so they're looking you know and you do more of a profile you can get them looking in the direction you want with with treats or even with toys or you know sometimes just shaking a leash and getting that jingle they're like oh it's time to go and they get all excited so yeah squirrel Exactly. I, I do that with dads, and I just hold a beer. That way, you know, get some exactly. to stay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Ears Ow. perk up, you know. Ow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Speaking of ears, so that brings up another question. Yeah. Um, horses. Uh, and, yeah. and there's a lot of etiquette with ears and yeah. Things like that as well. I mean, do you photograph a lot of horses or any I, tips I don't, with that? I don't photograph okay. a lot of horses. Um, so I'm not really the person to give <laughs> advice on that. But ears are definitely a big thing with horses. Lens selection is a big thing with horses as well. Um, you, you don't want to use too wide of an angle with a horse because their body is just going to look. And even with dogs, I for me, for my style, I don't like to use a lot of wide angles because they end up looking like bobbleheads. Some people, that's totally their style. And, you know, that's fine. Um, wide but, and long face. Bad joke. Had to do it. It was a lens selection. (laughs) Lens selection. Yes. Right. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No. No. no, That's just one of those things that I think it's you know regardless I think of of whatever style of photography you do whether it's uh, animals or people or 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 landscapes knowing lens selection and how it's going to compress your image and how your image is going to look very different based on the lens choice that you have you need to know that kind of stuff because you can create some very different looks and feels. I've done, uh, you know, images in the same session with the same dog that the dog is amazing. And so I typically will use my 70 to 200 and I can get these very statuesque and painterly looking images. But then, you know, if the dog is doing great, Every once in a while, I'll pull out my fisheye lens and just do something really goofy because that's the personality of the dog. And they do look really goofy. And that's really fun. And the owners like that. But that's not the one typically that they're going to hang on their wall. But if they're getting an album, right. it's great for personality shots to include in there or just silly stuff. So, yeah. Variety. 
but especially with horses, like, yeah, you don't want to distort the horse. So that's something that I would defer to, you know, somebody who does pet photography, um, Terry Cage, Shelly Paulson. Shelly just spoke at the Animal Image Makers and she was amazing. Terry Cage is coming next year. Carrie Weiss is great. I mean, she's a, she's an equine photographer. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. She spoke a couple of years ago. Um, people who specialize in that are really the ones to, um, get that information from. So, mm -hmm. I got one this Friday. A horse? Get, get this. So one of my brides from a couple of years, from two years ago, no kids. They have horses. They have goats and a dog and a bunch of cats. Yeah. We had to photograph all of them on their wedding day with them. Um, yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> so now she calls me. She, she texts me the other day. She says, hey, um, what do you, silly question, what do you charge for senior portraits? And I thought, why is she asking this? Unless she's asking for a friend. Yeah. So I gave her some averages, you know, because right. most people spend between this and this. Some people spend a lot more, but this is about where people usually land. She says, okay, um, okay, this is going to sound really silly, but um, I wonder if you could photograph my horse as a, it's his 25-year-old birthday coming up and I want to it's like he's a senior and I'm thinking how is 25 years but whatever um so she wants me to do a senior album with her horse now she said and I thought okay that's strange enough but all right let's do this right yeah so then she sends me these photographs from Etsy showing what she's looking for so this poor male horse is going to have this great big freaking ribbon around his oh belly a bow on its head I'm thinking that poor horse. All the other horses in the in the yard are going to tease him. Oh yeah. And oh my gosh, yeah, he's going to get beat up a lot. I swear. But yeah. so we're Friday. We're going to photograph this horse on location awesome. with his bow and his oh and a birthday you, cake. You, She's going to give a smash, birthday cake. I was just going to say, got to smash the cake. Yeah, oh yes, yeah, cake smash. She's, well, and that's what I think she means, but I'm not sure. So that's the direction sure, I'm yeah. going with it because oh, she my. said I'm I'm making a cake for him. I'm going. Okay. Um, but this doesn't surprise me because my niece, uh, my niece, my cousin has a horse, has horses and, and rescue dogs. Um, and if I die, I want to come back as one of her dogs because they don't have kids. They yeah. put everything into those animals. And I mean, we're in the wrong market, you guys. I mean, when we're trying to photograph kids, people care about their kids. People care about their animals. Right? It's true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, the money they put out on these for these things and the different how picky they get about. I mean, what we would let our kids do, no problem. Like, ah, they'll be fine. Oh, no, no. We, we can't pick that sucker up off the ground and eat it. That, that dog's going to get sick. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. But <laughs> that's the we market. They're putting filtered water in the Benji's. Well, um, right. See? Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, yep. it's, there's, he drinks oil. out of the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it was filtered with the water softener. You know, it's fine. It's fine. Although I, I did bring them to my brother's and we put water in the dish and he's got a well. So, you know, it smells like rotten eggs. <laughs> he oh. would drink the water. I'm like, I don't blame you, Benji. I'm not drinking it either, dude. I'm not drinking this either, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Oh, so, yeah. But but that's I mean I think that's a great market, you know. I mean, um, it's we love our pets, and uh, yeah. you know, well, a lot of pet owners are what's it, dinks, like uh, dual income, no kids, no kids. Yep. right? Dual income, yep. no kids. Yep. 
exactly. So. Or you get a lot of empty nesters too. You know, people a little yeah. older whose kids are moved out and, and their dog is now their baby. So yeah, that, those are a lot of my clients are like the younger 20 somethings are, are like 30 ish or they're the older ones. Yeah. The Dinks. You got, you got your oinks as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One, well, one income, no kids. That's an actual term. Yeah. Your okay. Oinks. I thought you were referring back <laughs> to the pig. I'm like, no, well, they're maybe <laughs> more likely to have a pop belly pig. So there you Sometimes. go. It all ties back in. All right. Yep. So every time we have a guest, we always do a game called word association. Okay. So I throw a word out at you. You tell us the first thing that comes to oh mind. Boy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Fluffy. Bacon. <laughs> I I tried not to make that joke when we're talking about the pot belly pig. Because you said 120 pounds of asshole, and I was thinking 120 pounds bacon. of bacon to me. Yeah. But anyway. Pig owners hate those jokes. Like I know like, they do. So offended by those jokes. Okay, so fluffy, I would I would have to go with a poodle. Okay. Vodka. Uh, one of you guys. I know you're drinking vodka right now. <laughs> Minnesota. <Vodka>. Snow. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Greyhounds. <laughs> My dog, Sawyer. The last one right there, the red one. Sawyer. Okay. Masterworks. <laughs> um, so I have a line of children's portraits called Masterworks Portraits. And the last one is AIM. Animal Image Makers. My yeah, dog. Baby. Yeah. So Animal Image Makers is, um, I, well, as Michael, you said in the in the intro, um, this is something that I started through the Twin Cities Professional Photographers Association in 2018. Um, it was something that, like, I could see the pet industry growing and growing and growing, photography industry specifically, and not a lot of places for people to get education for it. And um, so I was seeing a lot of really bad photography out there and people not understanding no. that they weren't doing great photography. No. I know, right? No. no. <laughs> yes. We thought our yes. work was done. Well, right. <laughs> exactly. And, and it has gotten better. Um, but yeah, like just places, there were, there just weren't a lot of places for people to get education for pet photography. And there's so much that goes into it. It's a very special skill set. So, you know, we were talking in one of the board meetings for TCPPA for fundraisers and what can we do and make sure that, you know, we we have income coming in so we can sustain in the long term and all of that kind of stuff that every association talks about. And so I came up with this crazy idea to do a pet photography conference. And they all thought I was nuts, but totally supported it. And so we went for it. We got amazing speakers for that first year. We announced it publicly. We started this all in the spring of 2018 and we announced it publicly that fall and opened up registration and that first year 2019 it's in april every year so 2019 was our first conference ever and it was amazing we had people from all over the world attend this thing like people flew in from australia wow. and places in europe and just all over the place and i can't tell you guys how incredible it was like there was so much work that went into it to prepare for it. So I knew that it was going to be awesome, but the feeling that you get when you have this many people together that are all like pet photographers. So we all had that in common, the support for one another, the bonds that people made was like nothing that I ever expected or have ever experienced before. It's such a cool community to be a part of. So that was amazing. Um, and so then we started planning for the next year. Like the first year, you don't really know what's going to is going to be bigger and better than ever. Exactly. And then <laughs> our speaker lineup was a killer. Yeah, oh my well, gosh. Uh... Yeah. And then welcome COVID. And so yeah. 
you know, that all happened, like the, like I said, the conference is in April. So that all happened like just months before. And so we had to, we just completely postponed it an entire year. Cause like nobody was prepared for what it would take to make it virtual and do all this other stuff. Right. And, um, the hotel was pushing us to do it in the fall and we're like, Oh, it's international. Like, I don't think that we can plan for six months out at this point. So we ended up no. just pushing it an entire year. That so 2021, just this past April, we did it, but we did make it virtual because there we still like at some point you have to make that decision so you can switch everything over. Yep. And that still takes a lot of effort, even more so than I ever expected. I'm like, Oh, we can just, you know, make it virtual and it all be kind of the same. And, um, no, it's not at all. the same. <laughs> so, uh, yes, yeah, so- you could have had a murder hornet, uh, convention. <laughs> yeah. And they were coming to that town. was about the same time, actually. No, yeah. no, actually murder hornets came first and then came aim. Right. Yeah. 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 So I'm saying. Yeah. Murder, horse, yeah murder Hornets for last 2020. That done, was one of the things. Yeah. They could yeah. have done that in 2020. It was special. Right. Forget dogs. We're going to do, we're going to focus we're just gonna on murder. going to focus on the Hornets. Hornets. <laughs> murder yeah. Hornets. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So at any rate, we ended up doing a virtual conference, which was still awesome. And people absolutely loved it. And they're like, oh my God, this is like, it doesn't even feel like it's virtual. So people, there was so much interaction and people really felt like they were together even though they weren't together and that that like made it a success for me so it was um, i mean the feed the feedback because i was loosely as a vendor i was loosely involved with it and people still seemed really involved and energized and everything even though it was virtual so yeah i think you guys did a really nice job with it thanks yeah it was awesome and you had (laughs) one Oh, the huge print, comp. print <laughs> yeah. competition. Yeah. Which so, was amazing. It's been amazing from the very first, like the very first year we had over 400 entries, which blew my mind. And then last year, of course, was 2020 and everything was crazy, but we still had over 300 last year. And so I didn't know what to expect this year. And <laughs> so Carl was our jury chair. And uh, yeah, like we just kept watching the numbers go up and the numbers go up. And so that the morning of um, the deadline, he calls me, he's like, so, uh, uh, what are we going to do? I'm like, well, we're let's, let's just another panel. We're so, getting another panel. Yeah, yeah. It, it was yes. clear by noon that we ended up having to get a whole second panel because we ended up with 742 entries, insane. which was insane. That was the, the largest competition that Jeff Burton has hosted on printcompetition.com. We broke uh, it. We had so <laughs> many people watching it. And of course, with two juries, they all have like multiple windows open now yeah. that like the, yeah, we, we shut down his site, which like, I still feel bad about that, but he's glad Which, to know you know what i was going thoroughly forward. impressed though because he was there on site uh virtually on site yeah. and was like fixing it like writing code for it like on the spot yeah right. and got it all up and running and uh allowed it to continue and and the thing that was funny is that the attendees is what really crashed it because there are so many people watching yeah that it just crashed the system but we just kept telling everybody, uh, you got to get off and watch through Zoom. I think through Zoom. That's yeah, we set up a couple different Zoom. Well, we yeah. had a, a different Zoom room for each jury. And so they had to watch through Zoom. And of course, we all know, you know, it's not the best. Um, like viewing the images is not yeah. awesome and yeah stuff can happen but we had like there was no way to proceed otherwise no so yeah. <laughs> yeah. it crashed <laughs> crazy but dang i so the imagery was outstanding i mean yeah. so inspirational so beautiful and 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 quality level was so high um it was, it was inspiring to say the least i was so glad 
be part of it. I hope I can be part of it again sometime because yeah. it was it was wonderful. I have a feeling that you know if people realized how how great that that competition was and how much people learned from it, um, even those that were just watching and didn't enter, that it's going to escalate to, I bet you you're going to be over a thousand next year. Well, you know, we did our, our closing program on, on Sunday mm -hmm. evening. And part of that, of course, is our award ceremony, which obviously we did virtually again, but we challenged everybody next year to bring it up to a thousand entries. So, oh, yeah. so we're going to step it up throughout the year and do a, a lot of additional education. And I also do a critique night um, for pet photography specifically with, with three other women, um, Barbara Breitzemeter, who you yeah. guys probably all know. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, Angela Law. Austin, who teaches pet photography mm -hmm. as well, and Danica Barreau, who is also oh, nice. amazing. So, so the four of us together do monthly critiques for. Um, we have a, a Facebook group called No Bones About It, and so um, that <laughs> like we push competition so much in that group because we want like it's such a huge learning experience, which I know you guys all know. And, um, it's so great for people to submit and, and get that feedback and, and just learn through competition. So, so we do that. And, and so it's usually like we have them do their raw image and their, and like their edited image. That's what they have to submit. So we can see how they're Ooh. doing like straight out of camera and then how they're doing it with editing. And we give them feedback and here's what you can do better. Or this was really great. And, and then right before different competitions, we'll do specifically that month is going to be for competition. And then if we have others that aren't competing and want to submit then you know, we'll do the competition ones first, but I, like just over the past few years, just seeing the level of work in that group specifically has gone from here to here. Year. It's yeah. amazing. So it's so fun to see. So I really feel like the work that we're doing in, in these different places is really paying off through pet photography because Carl, like you said, like the work in, in the competition was amazing. And yeah, like if we didn't see that, you know, a few years ago, um, there's a lot of beginner stuff and, and that beginner stuff is not so bad anymore. <laughs> like people, right. even people who have not competed before yeah. their work is up here and it's so cool to see that. You know, but that's a good point though. It, everyone starts at a different at a different level, and it's okay to start where you are right now. Absolutely. But start, yes. Get in, dive right. in head first, and if it's too deep, grab a snorkel. But you got to start. Just <laughs> yeah. do it, you know. And that's yeah. that's and that's the, the thing, hardest. So. That's the hardest thing to do is just starting. That first step is difficult, and and putting yourself out there, I think, is really difficult too. So um, people aren't always ready for critiques, and that's okay too. But at least if you watch and you listen and you learn, then you'll be ready when, when, when you are. So, but remember, nobody learn. knows, nobody knows who's any images anyhow. So yeah. nobody knows it's yours. Right. Exactly. Um, just throw it out there. Let it, let it happen. Yeah. Quick transition. Cause we got to run here pretty quick, but I just want to, because I forgot to do this at the beginning. <laughs> uh, the photo happy hour is sponsored in part by Red Curl Creative Copywriting services for photographers and wedding professionals. Kim from Red Curl Creative speaks your language. Keep listening. Actually, we'll do this right now. No, Yay. you should keep keep listening. But we're going to do this right now. We got a special <laughs> offer from Red Curl Creative. It's save ninety seven dollars on the Write Better Words course, and you need to use the code Happy Hour, all one word, Happy Hour. And you can use that at writebetterwords.com or redcurlcreative.com. You can sign up either place and you can learn how to write more gooder. Um, every, every week we have a uh, we have a cocktail of the week. And this week with uh, Lisa being here, I decided to do the Funky Monkey. Oh, nice. <laughs> and the ingredients are, it's three quarter ounces of cream, to, cream de cacao. You need the white stuff. 
cacao. Uh, one ounce of banana liquor, one ounce of gold rum, three ounces of coconut milk, one whole banana, a sprinkle of coconut shredded, and a cup of ice. You blend everything except for the coconut, and then you sprinkle that on top when you're done, and it's delicioso. Nice. It's better than the Mad Dog 2020 punch we had last week, I would say. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Sounds like a dirty <laughs> monkey. <laughs> kind of. We need the, you'd have to have the non-white cream de cacao. Right. <laughs> you can get the white stuff or the brown stuff. Anyway, so wow. parting shots. You got any parting shots for us, Lisa? Anything you want to tell people out there? Just do it. You know, just follow your heart. And I think that's really what it comes down to. You know, there's something to be said about being happy. And there's so many people in this world who are not, um, whether they hate their job or, you know, whatever situation it's just not worth it. Like you need to just be happy in life. So find your happiness and follow your heart and yeah, just do it. That's what I did. And that's why I became a photographer. What right. Not, not for the money. <laughs> 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 but look at it. You're smiling and you're happy. So there you yes, go. That was good. <laughs> podcasting. Anyway. We got Benji. Look at Benji. You're all happy. Well, you, uh, hey, Benji ben. had to make a special appearance since I we're talking it. pets. So that's awesome. yeah. you usually can just hear him in the background. But yeah, yeah you can just hear just like some jingle jangle. Uh, do you have dates <laughs> for AIM for 2020? Yeah, we do. Two. 2022 it'll be april i believe it's the 14th through the 17th okay. um, all the information is on animalimagemakers.com at this point we are actually sold out for next year wow. however um i do have uh an appointment set up with the hotel in a couple of weeks so we're going to go over some details and now that we're kind of getting through covid my guess is that they're going to let us allow more people in so once so. i have that information then we will release some more uh tickets and we'll put all that information online you might well, just be able to stack people by then too yeah know? exactly it's so, like so. somebody can sit on somebody else's lap and that kind exactly of so yeah it's a close it's a close group they can probably do it <laughs> so that's what april, they do at the puppet conventions but anyway right. on that note <laughs> yeah april what was the dates april 14 through 16 14 through the 17th. 17th. So it's, yeah, Thursday through Sunday. So Thursday is all pre-con classes. And so there are some amazing classes there. And then the main conference is Friday through Sunday. So, yeah. And I think awesome. for print competition next year, we might end up doing it a week early. We're talking about that too. With the number of, of uh, entries that we yeah. had this year, I think it might make Stay sense virtual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay virtual. Yeah, yeah, yeah might so. as well. That's what we're working on. So we'll see, but there's going to be some other fun stuff coming up. So there's a Facebook group, which you can access through the website and, and lots of fun stuff. There's great education online. Um, I've done interviews, online interviews with all the speakers the past few years. So all of those are on the Facebook page. So you can go in and find that and get free education there. And so, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of resources online. Very cool. Well, really enjoy you joining us. Um, It's been nice having a guest. We haven't had one for a while and it's just been us trying to make crap up. So this is, (laughs) This was really refreshing. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. Thank you for the invite. It's, it was fun. So, yeah, I told everybody I was going to keep those boys in line tonight. So, hopefully, I did that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. We're, we're fairly that's well behaved. Order. Considering. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Carl only peaked once. So, yeah. Right. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Till next time, cheers to you. Cheers. Cheers. Last call. You've been listening to the Photo Happy Hour podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to not miss a single action-packed episode. And join our Photo Happy Hour Facebook group where we'll post links to the stuff we all talk about. You can find my Molite gear online at www.gomolite.com. That's G-O. 
M-O-L-I-G-H-T dot com. You can find the Facebook page under Molite Store, and I also run the Godox Flash Help Group on Facebook. You can find Dan's Senior Unlocked website at www.seniorsunlocked.com. That's seniors with an S at the end, unlocked.com, and the Facebook group under Seniors Unlocked. And you can find Carl's Coaching Corner at www.ccphotocoach.com, ccphotocoach.com. Till next time, cheers to you. Oh, yes. By the time you have finished listening to this podcast, you will have come to the realization that your life would be more complete if you subscribed. Reach your full potential by subscribing now.